Good morning and welcome to the SNX Farm Supply High School Highlight Show here on Jock 98.7 ESPN Radio, courtesy of Postgame Pizza. Postgame Pizza with locations in Marshfield, Rogersville, and Ozark. Go to postgamepizza.com and we'll hear from the GM and owner of Postgame Pizza here later on in the show with their steps that they are taking uh, amid this COVID-19 coronavirus. But we're pleased to welcome to the show now from Mediacom, uh, Corey Riggs. Corey, hey, thanks for uh, thanks for your time here today. No, oh, thanks for having me on, Guy. Always good to talk to you, man. And we'll start, you know, a little bit here with, uh, well, a lot with, you know, the Misha classes one, two, and three, and and I thought it was courageous on Misha's part to allow those games to go on, and, and you were very much a part of it. Kind of, kind of, give me your thoughts of, of the weekend. Well, I don't, I don't even know where to begin, really. It was it was such a surreal weekend. I didn't know uh, when I got there on Thursday to start getting ready for the broadcast on Misha.tv about the changes, the, the dropping of the third-place games, which, by the way, when you go back through the Misha record books, uh, they have been playing third-place ga- third games, fourth-place games, dating all the way back to 1927. And this was, so 2020 will go down as the first year in boys basketball history, uh, speaking to that specifically since they, the first time that they have not had third place games. Then to find out that the folks were only going to have, you know, each team was only going to be allowed 150 fans, parents, boyfriends, girlfriends uh, into the building. You know, the first thing that went through my mind, Guy, was, wow, this this is going to be really odd. You know, it's, it's not going to seem like much of a game. You were at this event two years ago when it first moved from Mizzou Arena to JQH, and again last year. And the crowds, especially on Class 1, 2, and 3 weekend, were massive. They were huge crowds. The lower bowl was practically full other than the student section. So <clears throat> I kept thinking going into it, wow, these, these games are going to seem really sterile. But I tell you what, man, those 150 fans for each school – they brought it. I mean, they were loud. They were proud. They didn't sit down. They screamed and cheered from tip-off to the final buzzer, whether it was a semifinal game or whether it was one of our six championship games, three for the boys in class one, two, and three, and three for the girls in class one, two, and three. And I thought the environment for it being a smaller crowd was incredible. Uh, I would go out on a limb and not to discount anybody's fans, but I tell you what, in that Class 1 championship game for the Walnut Grove girls de- that defeated South Nottaway 52-41, to the Walnut Grove girls fans, it was deafening at times. I, I think they were actually getting complaints on Mission.tv on the streaming service that you couldn't hear the announcers at times over the crowd because they sat right behind Shane Freebie and Jenny Hopkins and they just bellowed the whole time. <laughs> well, you know, and that's to that point. That's a great point. You know, I was there uh, for a part of the Walnut Grove game because the, you know, my semifinal game was right in front of that between Macon and Licking, and so I was in the arena for part of the uh, Walnut Grove game. And I thought, my goodness, there's got to be more than 150 Walnut Grove people here because it was, as you mentioned, it was very loud in there. And then the games that I got to watch on Mission TV that you guys did, you know, I didn't think that the uh, the noise was so much, it wasn't as 
deafening as it has been in the past, but there was still some great crowd interaction and noise going on throughout the tournament. I was I was impressed with the fans, and I don't know if they went and just found you know the loudest people they could find and gave them the wristbands, or I'm not sure how they did it, but it was uh, it was indeed uh, pretty noisy. No, it was it was incredible. As I say that the two class one championship games uh, on Friday. Uh, let's say I, w- I was a part of the Doris St. Elizabeth game. So exciting to see Coach Rick Luna, Isaac Haney, the Luna triplets, and the rest of them uh, get that elusive state championship. And a St. Elizabeth team that is not like a lot of Class One teams. When you looked at their, their starting five, they had one guard at five foot ten, and then it was like six two, six four, six five, six seven. I mean, they had massive size. Uh, not that that slowed down Isaac Haney and the Falcons one bit. Uh, they were able to do what they've done for a lot of this year and uh, got out to a good lead and, and then just controlled the ball with their great ball movement and everything else and, and get that state championship. And then you turn around and you had four more state championship games on Saturday. And, and, and I will be honest with you, it, it fell to me in the last championship game on Saturday, which – you know, I didn't know at the time, but would end up being the last basketball game played in, in the state of Missouri uh, that night with the Class 2 Boys Championship between Skyline and Hartville. Uh, and I interviewed the executive director of the Missouri State High School Activities Association, Dr. Kerwin Erhan, uh, and I, I congratulated him. You know, there were a lot of people that were on both sides of the aisle as these games went on, Guy. There were a lot of people that saw Kansas and Arkansas closing down their games and other states closing down their games, saying, you know, what are you doing? You're risking these kids. You know, it's just basketball. And and I thought it was very commendable that they tried to control the environment. Misha, Missouri State, Mercy Sports Medicine did, just went above and beyond to try and make sure that these kids got to write the final chapter uh, in their season and for a lot of them in their high school athletics career and, and going even further for some of them, just their athletics career in a whole. There's there's a lot of these kids that I talked to before a game and say, you know, what are your plans after, after high school? And, and for some of these kids, when you talk about a skyline at a Hartville, it's not – oh, I'm going to go play basketball at Mizzou, or oh, I'm going to play basketball at Oklahoma. It's, well, once I graduate high school, I'm working on the farm, or I'm joining the military. Uh, you know, it's it's different. And, and for, for a lot of these kids, that moment that, you know, we're, we, are, we are without in the month of March now our usual one shining moment that we get from CBS and from March Madness, but we got some – incredible shining moments from these young men and women in what would end up being the the final basketball games played in jqh arena and the final basketball games played in the state of missouri and i just i can't say enough to 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 kerwin and to jason west and to kevin garner and craig long all the folks that battled so hard to try and make sure that that happened and i tell you what guy i was in the bottom of jqh arena after those games were over and they were intent to do everything they could as long as it was safe to get those class four and five games in the next weekend. And as we ended up finding out that just wasn't meant to be with, with the CDC and, and the, the green County health department, and everybody saying that 
well, you know, when we started the week, it was no more than 500 people at an event. Then it was 300. Then it was 100. And next thing you know, the number was 10. Uh, and uh, so there was no way for those games to go on. But uh, this is the ninth year I've called uh, the Show Me Showdown Championships for Misha uh, in a variety of venues. When I started, the games were still on Fox Sports Midwest. Uh, and since then, that deal has ended, and the, the games moved to Misha.tv. Uh, but I was signing off that that after the Hartville team trophy was presented, and after I got to talk to Coach Reed, and uh, I've been in broadcasting now for almost 20 years. I've I don't know that I've ever gotten choked up at the end of a broadcast. I got I got choked up at the end of it. Signing off, I, I thanked our crew from Blue Frame Technology, the the folks at Misha.tv and the folks at Misha, Missouri State, the city of Springfield, the Greene County Health Department. I just wanted everybody to know on behalf of everybody that was involved in that event, how thankful we were to be able to see it to its conclusion. And and, and I have to be honest, I got a little choked up, and that, that doesn't happen very often. And things really have just been changing basically every three or four hours, you know, since that. You go back, or I go back to that Thursday, I'm heading into town to uh, prepare to cover for Art on Sports Talk because he's on his way to KCI to get on a plane to go out to UC Irvine to play baseball, and and my team was arriving in town. You know, Macon was coming in that afternoon, so I went to meet them. I get a call from Art. Hey, we're turning around. We've been canceled. You know, the Lady Bears uh, at Moline, uh, Illinois had been canceled the entire tournament and then things have just kept kind of kept piling up with cancellations and just very fortunate uh, that, that Michigan was able to get that in. Uh, with regards to the games, obviously you get Walnut Grove and Rory Henry wins his fifth state title. They're sixth overall at Walnut Grove. Darren Minders won the first one as a head coach back in 07. Uh, Rory's been there 11 years, I believe. Eight Final Fours and now five state state championships and it just seems like uh, they just they're just good every year and there's not a Harmon on the team this year it's it's Faith Gilkey that's kind of carrying the load right there for for Walnut Grove but a tremendous uh, tremendous run by them as well yeah you know I I go back to one of the first years that I was invited to be a part of the broadcast team uh, was the the beginning of the run for the Walnut Grove Lady Tigers and I watched as Katrina Nichols of Eminence, the Eminence Red Wings, made two free throws with about two seconds left to ice away a state championship. And the resolve that those girls took from that moment that Heather Harmon, Lexi Harmon, and the rest of that team took from that moment was was the beginning of, of, of a dynasty run that, that you saw continue last weekend with, with Faith Gilkey and, and Rory's new team. I mean... It's, it's just impressive what they have done. It shows you what a state championship win can do for a community and how it galvanizes that crop of young talent that, you know, you, you think about when, when they won their first one of this, this run of five and what age these girls were. You can use the same example for Hartville. You know, Brett Reed has taken Hartville to the Final Four before in boys basketball. They've won a state title in boys basketball. Well, this group, Rice Piper and his teammates, they were all in junior high. They were like sixth, seventh graders the last time that happened. 
they saw that as kids growing up in that program, growing up in that school district, and it made them want it. It made them, you know, go into the gym and say, I want to be the next guy or the next girl that takes that game-winning shot. I want to be part of the next team that brings a state championship home to our hometown, to our school, to Hartville, to Walnut Grove, or, or like uh, Isaac Haney and the Lunas to say we want to bring our first state title in school history home to Dora. And it's just something that makes that weekend, class one, two, and three, so special because all those kids usually grow up. I remember Denny Hunt called the Dora game with me, and he says, you know, Rick Luna will tell you, those that group of guys that is together, and by the way, all just juniors. There was only one senior on that Dora team. Uh, and he was so, a Luna too. Uh, and uh, and they uh, they are uh, well. Holden Simmons was the one senior on the Hartville team, and then there was one senior, yes, uh, on on the Dora team. But uh, but that they've been playing together since they were four or five years old. Rick says they're like five hundred wins and like thirty nine losses since they were you know kindergartners, first graders to now. And you know that, that you see that in those class one, two, three games of guys and girls that have spent their whole life have grown up playing on the same team, going to the same gym, working out together, and that's what makes it so special to see that one moment where it all pays off in a state title there on the floor at JQH Arena, whether it ends in tears, hugs, a dog pile on center court, whatever. Uh, it just. Uh, it's a really special weekend. Both weekends are special, and it's honestly one of the things I look forward to on the calendar each and every year. I feel very blessed that, that I was invited to be a part of it years ago and that I continue to be a part of it now nine years in. And going on, going to Class 3, and how about the Stratford Lady Indians becoming the first <sighs> women's basketball team in Michigan State history to win five consecutive state championships? And I did not realize, I had to go look that up and uh, obviously you've got Incarnate Word has won four in a row and Rockbridge Crane um, had won four in a row and uh, but to, to win five in a row kind of sets themselves apart you think about the fact that you know the coach is gone and the, the Frank girls are both gone uh, Zoe Mullins is playing at Drury um, and yet to still be able to come in you come in with Dustin Larson and he's just able to keep that kind of rolling talks about not only him but just that atmosphere that they have and that culture and community uh, in Stratford. Well, first things first, uh, congratulations to Stratford on extending that streak. The the Misha consecutive basketball championship win record is seven. Uh, that's on the boys' side held by Scott County Central. And like you said, so many teams, IWA, Crane, there have been teams to get four in a row but never five in a row. Can you imagine the pressure that Dustin Larson had to feel all season long. Can you imagine the pressure those girls felt all season long knowing, well, Steve Frank's not here anymore, so maybe it's over. Haley and Kaylee Frank are gone, maybe it's over. And they worked and they fought and they grinded and they took on all comers. And, and guys, they were down 95% of that game. You know, they were upside down on the scoreboard for most of it. And to be able to fight and claw their way back in and have that resolve, it was it was truly an inspirational moment. I couldn't be happier for Dustin and that group of young ladies in, in what they were able to accomplish because 
you know, you look at some of the teams that were there from, from Southwest Missouri, you look at a Hartville and a Dora and a Walnut Grove, nobody was under more pressure than Stratford. You, you just, I mean, you can't even compare it because at the end of the day, there were so many reasons for them not to get back to the Final Four. There were so many reasons for people to bet against them. And they still, against all of that, were able to come out as state champions again, an unprecedented fifth state title. I just, you couldn't write a better story. No, you've got to go back to, I can remember when Scott Ballard left Marshfield. Uh, You know, they had won four consecutive state titles. In comes Gary Murphy from Morrisville. And, uh, you know, he doesn't win the the following year, but he goes on to win four or five of his own. Uh, there at Marshfield, so a similar story there, and can, and whether or not uh, Coach Larson, and that's a lot of pressure again. But I think the fact that he's going to be there next year, and they've already got this one kind of in their back pocket, so to speak, uh, you may have to look out for him next year because they're going to get comfortable now, and uh, they're going to be very talented. And I, I was not surprised, but as you look around the area at the young talent, that will all be back. You mentioned Dora, and the, and. The, and the Dora and Hartmill both are all senior or junior heavy teams, so they'll they'll have huge senior classes next year, which will make it all that more interesting. As all roads will lead back to JQH Arena in Springfield, Missouri, again for for a fourth year for Show Me Showdown. It'll it'll be fantastic. And again, that class one, two, three weekend we always talk about. Southwest Missouri is always well represented. Well, there's there's just no doubt that they're going to be well represented, and that's a Hartville team that had to beat Aminu Muhammad in the in the Greenwood Blue Jays. And you, you know, depending upon how the brackets fall and everything, what if you could get Hartville and Greenwood both to the Final Four next year? Oh, absolutely! And I tell you what, Skyline's young. Uh, oh, da- absolutely. Dax Beam, I believe he may be a senior, but his younger he brother is. Lawson Beam, uh, who kind of carried him in that in that state championship game, he's back as well and obviously most of if not all of Walnut Grove Lady Tigers are coming back as well and you mentioned Dora and, and Isaac Haney and he has a legitimate shot at setting the all-time scoring record in the state of Missouri on the men's side uh, you know, he's got you know 35-52 is Fred Johnson and I believe Isaac Haney is right at that 3,000 um, he's he is he is going to be he is right there and it is it, it is going to be quite, quite possible for, for him to do that. I mean, it was, he had 1,500 points in between his freshman and sophomore years combined. He went over 1,000 points this year alone. So if it, just based on that, he's at 2,500 and change after the championship. You know, you can do the math. That means he, you know, another year like this year, a good, healthy year for Isaac Haney. And, yeah, that, that record is in serious jeopardy. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, uh, you know, again, congratulations. And, I, you know, I've sent out some just some tweets. You know, I've just, I was so happy that you guys were able to bring that to us on, on Mission.tv. And I know a lot of the people around the, around the state were because they were unable to attend because of the limited folks that were allowed to get in and, uh, you know, I got to watch it here and had a couple folks over and watched it uh, on the big screen. So, uh, it's you know, kudos to you guys, you and Jenny Hopkins and Shane Freebie, uh, uh, Don West also doing some games uh, there as yep. well, and then Denny Hunt, I think, stepped in on a few. Yep, Denny did the boys' championships with me, and 
Yeah, I say I, I love the fact that a lot of people got to watch that way this year, but I sure am hopeful that we are coronavirus-free and come next March it will be a packed JQH arena and I will really have to bring extra earplugs and hopefully everybody's loud and ready to roll when there will be uh, no limitations on the number of folks that get to come in and enjoy those uh, semifinals and championships. Absolutely. And before we talk about you know, what Mediacom is doing and what sportscasters around the country are having to deal with and, and with their lack of sports or I no sports to be able to report on or even televise, you know, I was interested, had a couple conversations with some coaches about uh, Misha and the governor. You know, they haven't made a decision yet at this time. Now, by the time this airs, they may have made a decision on with regards to spring sports and Misha. And some of the coaches... You know, and I was of the opinion, and that's why I reached out to the coaches, the guys, you know, kind of in the trenches that maybe they ought to sh- go ahead and, and make a decision here. And the coaches are like, no, they, you know, they kind of feel like it's probably going to happen. But the longer that they can delay this and give kids some hope that there's going to be a season and, and an opportunity and a reason to work out and try and stay healthy and eat right and, you know, get their, keep their grades you know, as best they can, you know, through this virtual learning that everyone's going to go through. But uh, I was kind of, kind of changed my mind there. Where I kind of feel like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm on the side of mission now. Let's wait and see. And uh, you'll what, come. What, what's the rush? Yeah. I mean, no, nobody's going anywhere. They're high school kids. It's not like they're going to transfer, you know, mid fourth quarter and go anywhere. So. There, there's no reason to, to jump the gun and, and just say, oh, we're done. There, there's no more sports. I mean, I know that the colleges have done it, so they've laid out the roadmap, and it's really easy to go ahead and follow suit there. But, you know, if you've got a chance, if they end up getting online curriculum set in place for these kids and they can continue going to class, well, if they're in class, then it really just comes down to the health department, the CDC and stuff like that and saying, how many people can you allow together? Can you allow 20 people in a place to where you can practice as a team? Or can you allow 50 people in an open air facility like a baseball or a softball stadium and allow these kids to play a game? So, you know, I don't have a firm grasp on which way anybody's leaning at this point in time i definitely don't have any inside information that's for sure but but there is i'm on the same side as you are there is no reason just to stand up and and announce this morning hey there's no spring sports you know keep keep the kids working keep them in shape uh and and you know keep hope alive not not to sound too cheesy but you know you just never know when this curve is going to flatten and we're going to be on the downhill side of it and you know, if, if you can play an abbreviated season, and maybe there's no state championships, maybe maybe all you can play for is a conference title. But you know as well as I do, guy, from from your time in athletics. Hey, if you can end the season with a win, you know, it, it, d- does it really matter if you played 20 games or you played 15 games? You played 10 games, even if it's only five or 10 games, you get right at the end of the year. There's going to be so many ha- people that are happy just to end their season with the win, end their season on a high note, end their high school career on a high note. So there, there's no reason to take that away from anybody and until you're 100% certain that you can't do it. And right now there's only one thing that's 100% certain, 
and that is that nobody's 100% certain about anything right now. Yeah, and it's uh, it's obviously just been the most amazing time that since I've been on this earth, uh, things that uh, we've had to go through as a country and especially in the sports world. And, you know, and to that end, you know, obviously we're having this conversation over the phone. This is not something we're where we're sitting next to each other, we're, we're, we are uh, taking advice with our social distancing, so to speak. And uh, we're quarantining which is, in place. We're following the rules. And, uh, you know, what What are you looking at, just as a, a sports reporter for Mediacom, how are you guys trying to fill your airtime? Well, it's not easy right now, you know. Uh, we, we were supposed to be planning. Now, this week was, uh, was spring break. My son is a student at Republic. So we had planned on being in Chicago this week. So we didn't have anything scheduled this week. But, you know, by next week, we had plans to be doing uh, – we were going to do high school baseball next Friday from Hammonds Field, Marshfield, and Monette. We're going to play a game at Hammonds Field. That's gone. It's not just sports. Next Saturday, we were supposed to do the Springfield Symphonies performance at uh, 180K Hammonds Hall for the Performing Arts. That's been canceled. That's not going to happen. Me personally, I, I get a lot of joy out of my work with ESPN3 as well. I was supposed to do softball tomorrow, Sunday, uh, out at the Killian Softball Complex with Missouri State. was supposed to have a Missouri State baseball game next week on ESPN3 or ESPN+. Plus. So it's really, it's really just bizarre. Uh, right now, Steve Wynn, uh, one of our producers, has been working on taking – we picked five or six of the best, most competitive high school boys and girls basketball games we had this season. We've edited them down into about 50, 55 minutes. Uh, and we're doing a series called Mediacom Rewind and putting kind of the best basketball games. We're even going to reach back and try to get a couple of our football games and kind of do a best of series right now uh, and get those on the air for people to watch. Uh, We've even been kicking around the idea, you know, for a long time, we were the home for, for Missouri State basketball and Drury basketball. You know, I had the luxury of producing and directing, like, the last basketball game in Weiser Gymnasium, the first game in the O'Reilly Family Event Center. We're looking at digging those big old beta tapes up off the shelf, and can we take those and, and repurpose those and maybe get those on the air? Uh, just, just a little bit of a, you know, nostalgia, that, that sort of thing for for folks to kind of fill the void until it all gets back going again. I know uh, Shane Freeby and I just have been emailing uh, with the, the, the general manager at Lucas Oil Speedway, uh, Danny Lorton, talking about the upcoming race season. Shane and I spend quite a bit of time on the weekends at the racetrack uh, covering dirt track races for MAV TV. And, you know, right now they're still planning on hopefully opening up the season in May, but it may not happen. You just don't know. So right now I'm trying to find stuff to keep me busy because if I stay at home, my wife's already made me, made me clean out my closet. Uh, she made me take down the trampoline in the backyard. And, man, the, the honeydew list is just getting longer and longer the longer, longer this quarantine goes on. <laughs> <laughs> well, Corey, we're busy with Corey Riggs from Mediacom. And, you know, I don't know how much of an opportunity you've had to uh, kind of look at Twitter. I've, I've had a... Uh, a great time following Coach Dana Fords. You know, he's on day six of quarantine, day seven of quarantine, <laughs> and it's it's been a lot of fun and, uh, you know, following along there. But I'm sure a lot of guys and girls uh, that are, have been kind of cooped up at home, they're really looking for things to do. Uh, there's not much 
if of anything on sports uh, to watch on TV, even reruns. You know, I, I saw where Ken Burns re-released uh, baseball, his nine nine segment trilogy or nine segments on on the history of baseball, and I've been I've thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, you know, there's just not much to do. You know, I've been going out taking walks just here around my neighborhood, and uh, but I haven't been going into the studio. Um, yeah. So I've kind I'll, of I'll quarantined you, I've myself. Got a, I've got a 14-year-old son, Guy Carter, and he's a huge wrestling fan, a huge WWE fan. Well, they're one of the few, and I, and I don't want to call it sports, I should say sports entertainment groups that are still putting out new content. And Carter's like, oh, come downstairs and watch Raw with me, Dad. Come watch it. Well, I sat down there and watched. Well, they, they had two matches in in an empty arena with just the two wrestlers and no crowd. And then they did a bunch of, well, let's look back at this event and that event. And it, it's just not the same thing. It's it, it's it's just not. Without a crowd, you know, with without an audience, whether it's wrestling or, or anything else, it's it's just not quite the same. And you know, if you know, if you had to limit it like Misha did, so you could get the season to an end, you take it because that's better than nothing. But but right now we've we've got a lot of nothing. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's definitely different. And I have a hard time going back and rewatching old games. Uh, you know, that's that's never been something that I've done. There are things that I I like to hear from from time to time, like. I like to listen to old old calls uh, that Ben Scully did, uh, just because as as a student of broadcasting, I like to listen to the, the the folks that I know did it at the absolute pinnacle, and try to listen and, and find the subtleties in what they did and figure out okay what's what's something that I can improve on, what's something that I can make myself better by by trying to uh, assimilate and. I'll probably be doing a little bit of that over the next couple of days, digging those audio files up on YouTube and everything else and taking it in that way. But, yeah, right now, as far as TV goes, it is a it is a lot of reruns of, of a lot of stuff. You know, Fox is rerunning old Blues games, old Cardinals games from the World Series runs and stuff like that. And that is, that is going to continue to be the case for a little while longer. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, with – with regards to the you know, scoreboard guy network and what I do, you know, I'm basically down to these type of interviews because I'm not going to put anyone or, my, or or anyone else or myself, you know, at risk and bring them into a studio or into a restaurant, which you may not be able, be able to get into, uh, you know, by the weekend. But uh, you know, Jacob Stevens at Post Game Pizza has been kind enough to continue to sponsor this, and you know, they've got some some policies set up with regards to how you know they're going to take care of their deliveries and if you need them to set it on the on the doorstep and just ring the doorbell and you know just no contact there but folks still got to eat and uh you know it's uh it's something else you know i've spent uh wednesday de- delivering food for for my church you know to folks that were older and, and maybe more susceptible and that, once again it was set it on the doorstep and ring the doorbell, go to your pickup, make sure they got it. And it's just, it's a time where we just as Americans, and there are no more teams now. You know, it's, it's everybody's on the same team, whether it's coaches or athletes or uh, people, members of the media, or it, you, everybody's gotta be on the same team right now and watch out for each other. Uh, I, I couldn't say it any better than that. It, it makes It makes it seem like it's an Olympic year and it's supposed to be. 
uh, although it'll will remains to be seen whether or not that'll happen. But yeah, you you definitely turned in in your colors and your hat and whatever team you normally pull for. And we're just uh, it's it's USA, it's us right now, and try to take care of everybody and take care of each other, and eventually we'll get on the other side of this thing. You bet. Well, Corey, hey, I certainly appreciate you being generous with your time here, and uh, you know you guys, you know, be safe and be smart and be here tomorrow. And uh, we'll, uh, I'm sure we'll visit uh, once again. But uh, I really appreciate you coming on today. Uh, anytime, Guy. I appreciate you having me. Yeah. You're listening to the SNH Farm Supply High School Highlight Show here on Jock 98.7 ESPN Radio. This segment brought to you by the Bank of Billings. The Bank of Billings locations in Billings and Marionville. Established in 1889, the oldest bank in Christian County. And we'll be back after these messages.